Hey, never judge a Trojan by his weight. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are always free, and we really do appreciate your support. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, there's a subscribe button. Do me a favor. Hit it. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. And if you like the shows, you can also do that. And also hit that notification bell. That way you never miss an episode. And it's kind of hard because Locked on USC comes at you five days a week. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on today to get started. So everyone fudges the numbers a little bit, but by 24 pounds, Tuli Tuiapolotu is one of five USC Trojans who are at who is currently at the NFL Combine this week. And when he stepped on the scales um, in Indianapolis, those 290 pounds that he had listed on his name on USC's roster somehow shriveled down to 266 pounds. Broken scale? Probably not. ESPN's uh, draft analyst, ESPN's NFL draft analyst, Matt Miller, called that number the biggest weigh-in surprise of the day. So here's the question. Did Thule slim down by 24 pounds since early January when USC played Tulane in the Cotton Bowl? Um, Or was he just so good inside as well as on the edge that his weight doesn't really make a difference? And that's really the point here, what we're going to be talking about. There's a third or. was USC making him bigger than he was? I'm talking about weight. Thule's play on the field did all the talking. Now, I'm not sure what to make of this, but his NFL combine measurements are the exact height and weight. Uh, those numbers are the same numbers he had when he arrived at USC as a recruit in 2020. So I know the strength and conditioning program at USC has been under some scrutiny, you know, last four or five years, uh, but something just feels amiss here. Um, during some of the interviews, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest part of the process here that players have to overcome uh, at the at the combine. Uh, there's a process to it, and, and Tuli was asked. Um, I feel like I can play anywhere. He, I guess they were talking about his size, weight, and where he feels more most comfortable. He said, I feel like I can play whatever position. Putting on weight, going back inside, slimming down, going back outside, I'll play whatever. But I have a lot of experience on the edge. That's the position I played the most during college. So I think everyone would agree college is a different animal than the uh, NFL. So. 
can a can the trim down Thule, can a 266 pound Thule uh, transition to the NFL at that same weight, or is he going to be asked to bulk up? Um, he's going to play on, along the defensive line somewhere, inside or outside. But is 266, 270? That might be a little light. What do you think? Uh, now, despite Thule moving down in in his weight class. Um, he still packs a pretty big punch. Uh, if you don't believe me, um, go check out the NFL Network and uh, or just look for some social media highlights and make sure you find the highlight where Thule is running the bags, uh, the drill where you, you kind of run a slalom through these blocking bags. And there's a guy that's holding them um, when you run through them, you're supposed to slap it like you're slapping the uh, the offensive lineman as you run by him. Well, Thule hit so hard, um, the guy holding the bag on the first rep felt it. I mean, Thule knocked him over. So even the guys who are you know kibitzing in the background on the NFL Network, uh, they were just having small talk about whatever. Uh, they kind of stopped when they heard the sound, and and then they chuckled when they saw the guy holding the bag. Um, basically, the bag hit him right in the face, and the guy did one of those whiplash effects uh, when it popped him. And it it made a lot of sense uh, because Thule went on to say during during part of the interviewing process, everything to me is power. Uh, power sets up everything. I always rely on power. Everything counters off of that. Uh, and one of the first questions that was asked of Thule was how he explained jumping from going from five and a half sacks his sophomore year in 2021 to leading the nation with 13 and a half last year. Um, he said, quote, I give a lot of credit to coach Sean Nua. Preparation before the season started, during the season, he just prepared me very well, and he helped me a lot to get those stats. So while Thule, you know, credits Nua uh, with helping him develop a counterpunch off that power rush, he calls it a, Thule described it as a, a hop-out, which uh, it kind of allows him to show, uh, to show off his power and then change direction uh, with his rush. So it takes a lot of dexterity for someone that size. And um, he, he went on to say, that's something that I had to progress throughout the season and learn throughout the season uh, from Coach Nua. So it, it's it, it's not just something that comes easily. You have to continue uh, to, to master the craft. Know when to use it. it. It's a feel that comes during the game. And by the end of the season, uh, that was probably you know, Thule's best move. Uh, the guy holding the bag at the combine would probably agree. And not only is Thule powerful uh, with his punch, point of impact, but he's also really light on his feet. Uh, even at 266, uh, his footwork, I mean, one of the other highlights is he just really clean feet when he was uh, stepping over the bags. The only thing he touched was the turf. Bag didn't move. None of them. All four of them. And uh, his numbers could have probably, had he, I don't know, maybe not slipped, it'd be even better. 
Uh, now, on a previous episode, when I was talking about player and coach access during spring camp, I explained why the uh, the freshmen are held back and t- until they're you know they're ready to to, to meet the press. Uh, they go through a, a process with the uh, sports information uh, director, uh, Katie Ryan, and she, you know, she helps them learn how to answer the the dumb questions that we're going to ask. Uh, Tuli was really focused and prepared for the interview process in Indi- in Indianapolis. Uh, he knew it was a big part of the evaluations, and I can just personally, I can tell you, I watched him grow from his freshman year to when he left, he went from a, an introvert who was really shy to, he was looking for the camera. He wanted to talk and that's a great quality. That's a locker room type of quality you want. Uh, guys, whichever team drafts him, they're going to love him. So Tuli said, that's one thing I tried to focus on. Just give better interviews. That's something that coach Nua helped me out with too. Uh, interviews, going over plays. He has a lot of experience, so he knew a lot of stuff that would be asked of me. Now, everyone anticipates that Tuli is probably going to hear his name called on day two of the draft, but I think so far his combine has made a positive impression, um, and his upcoming pro day is also going to give him another chance uh, to to impress scouts. So, is it possible that Tuli can hear his name slide in? Day one, late, maybe, who knows? Maybe you want to, do want to place a bet on that? If so, we're going to talk about FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. It's here. And now this is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And you're asking yourself, well, why would I do it? Well, because new customers are going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. What does that mean? That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So if you lose, you win a lot, like $1,000 worth of bets. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores, who's going to make the most threes, Gotta love the prop bets. I'm one of those guys. And with FanDuel, it even helps you combine your bets with a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay. Once again, 
It's that time of the show. Thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. It means so much to me. I had someone approach me at the USC Arizona basketball game uh, and who said they really enjoy the show. And one of the articles I had written, uh, elementary school principal. And I can't tell you how much that made me feel good. So thank you. But when you're done with making Locked on USC your first listen, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear it from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to talk about a little college basketball at the end of the show. If you haven't sensed it yet, I'm kind of in a sour mood right now. Yeah. Moving in. We're going to talk about something a little bit more intriguing, like the top two most intriguing players heading into spring camp. It's here. Well, the second most intriguing guy on the We Are SC list, we'll jump right into it. It's not Caleb Williams. It's Mason Cobb. So Mason Cobb was the number two tackler for the Oklahoma State Cowboys in 2022. He finished the season. Remember, I said he was the number two leading tackler on their roster last year. He had 96 tackles. Uh, He also led the Cowboys with 13 tackles for loss. He added a couple sacks, 11 quarterback hurries, and also a forced fumble. Now, while 96 may have only been good for number two on their roster, that was more than good enough to lead USC. If I was to ask you off the top of your head, without looking, who led USC in tackles in 2022, you probably wouldn't guess right. If you do, you are a freaking genius, and I got to meet you. I looked it up. I thought it would be a linebacker. I thought it might be Shane Lee, maybe Eric Gentry. It was Max Williams, your nickelback, who had 79. Now, remember, 96 was the second leading tackler at Oklahoma State. The nickelback at USC, safety, led USC with 79. Shane Lee was number two at 78. So while Mason finished with a ton of tackles last season, uh, he actually could have had a lot more. I, You know what? When you're done watching this episode of Locked on USC, make sure you head on over to WeRC and show Eric McKinney some appreciation. We've got a subscription special going right now. Take advantage of it. Because he brings out the numbers. And if you're a numbers guy, person, female, um, he backs up his research with some pertinent numbers. And this is probably going to, you know, make the little curlies on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. Let me, and not in a good way. According to Sports Information Solutions, no linebacker in the country allowed more broken tackles than the 16 given up by Mason Cobb. And those broken tackles led to an extra 136 yards of offense for the opponents. That same service, Sports Information Solutions, 
um, credited Shane Lee with nine missed tackles that um, ended up for an extra 156 yards allowed. Gentry had four. Uh, Mason was also credited with 10 missed tackles in that category. Lee had 11. Gentry had nine. <clears throat> so, is Cobb a feast or famine type of player? Because it sounds like USC is getting a tackling machine that misses its mark every so often. Much like the existing group of tacklers at USC. No, 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 I'm just focused on the linebackers. So with Gentry sideline for the spring, um, Mason's going to get plenty of opportunity to show uh, he's capable of filling the role at middle linebacker, the role that Eric Gentry played last year. And if he impresses and Gentry and Lee are also healthy by the time fall camp rolls around, uh, the intrigue's really going to start to build even more. Uh, but this is a good thing. This is kind of rich people problems. I'm okay with this. Because uh, now Riley and Grinch have to make sure they're making the right choice. Um, if there's a 50-50 proposition, as Riley likes to talk about, you know, don't put it in their hands. Well, it's going to be in their hands now unless one of these guys really separates themselves. Um, Mason's ability to play middle linebacker uh, could also allow the staff to be more creative. You know, where where else can they use Eric Gentry? We, you know, I've discussed maybe see what he can do at rush end. Yeah, he's a little light in the trunk, but his speed and his length, his his athleticism, it's intriguing. So, who's my number two guy? on the list. Well, it also wasn't Caleb Williams. So everybody, you know who we're going to be talking about on uh, number one. Um, it was also Mason Cobb. So when the entire We Are SC staff all yell bingo at the same time, it pretty much means the smart people have entered the room. But it also means there was a gaping hole in the middle of USC's defense uh, last year. And when I, I don't mean up the middle per se, uh, but tackling was the gaping hole in the middle of USC's defense last year. So does, does Cobb bring what's necessary or is he just going to be bringing more of what we're, we've been accustomed to? I, I think he's a he's, he's a positive. <laughs> you don't run into 96 tackles, okay? That's effort. You got to want to be there. You got to want to do that. And if you can stay healthy, um, it's gonna be a plus. So he the other thing with Mason, he appears to be, you know, at least on film, he looks to be faster than than Shane Lee, um, and he can cover the the mid range passing game. But those those missed tackle numbers really do make the the lines in my forehead kind of scrunch up. Um, I was kind of hoping that that wasn't an issue. So um, we're gonna see. You know, we're gonna we're gonna keep it positive. I know that USC has really uh, brought over some high impact 
players through the transfer portal last year and this year. Shane Lee, Eric Gentry, now Mason Cobb. Uh, we've talked about Jamil Muhammad, Jack Sullivan, Anthony Lucas. I mean, I can go on. So, um, there you go. Mason Cobb, intrigue storyline number two going into spring camp. But there's one more little storyline there. Uh, Mason Cobb wears the number zero jersey. I've mentioned this before. So does Corey Foreman. I'm going to let you know who is wearing that jersey when I get out to spring practice uh, or whenever USC releases the 2023 spring roster, whichever comes first, because the first few practices, the media won't be there, not by our choice, uh, but we will be there for the third practice on the 8th. By then, I'm sure someone will have leaked who's wearing the jersey. I will try and find out for you sooner if I can. And then uh, after that third spring session, they're off for 11 days while they uh, head off for spring break. So I'm starting to think this is one of the reasons why the media isn't allowed those first two sessions when they're in shorts and helmets to keep us from knowing who's wearing what jersey number. I'm kidding, of course. But, I mean, seriously, what are we going to see on those first two days in shorts and helmets? What are you keeping from us? The media wants to be there. We want to support the team. Use us. Let us promote for you. All right. Let us build the program. And if you want to get something built and you're looking for something delicious, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to go try a built bar. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, and I'm a really fickle pinnick, I'm a really fickle picky eater, um, then I've got just the thing for you. You got to try built. With built, Healthy is actually tasty, and they're delicious. You won't even think they're good for you. They're the, they're, they're, they might be like the perfect treat. And they're made with 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in some really cool flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. They kind of keep that, you know, that's a, that's proprietary. But their bars taste like a candy bar, and they do it while maintaining all those amazing macros you like to talk about. You're going to get 130 calories, you're only going to get 4 grams of sugar, and you're going to get a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't even have to wait for those things. You don't have to order them online. If you're near a Sam's Club or Walmart, you're in luck. That's right. Head into your nearest Walmart. Walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of their cookies and cream, their double chocolate, or their coconut puffs. And if you're near Sam's Club, check it out. A 13-bar box of their hip-flavored brownie batter and churro. Let me know what you think. Thank me later. All right. I told you a little bit ago I wasn't in a great mood. Well, earlier this evening... Uh, there was a huge game at Galen Center. It was Thursday night. USC was hosting number eight Arizona, who was looking to avoid losing for the second time in a row uh, under their head coach, Tommy Lloyd. 
not this season, since he's been their head coach, Arizona has never lost two games in a row. That's, that's impressive. Um, and this is why Wildcat fans follow their program. I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, Arizona is a basketball school. Uh, and anyways, they were pretty loud inside Galen Center. And the not only were the uh, Wildcat players cognizant of the fact that they haven't lost two games in a row, uh, they mentioned it, they, they were quoted, and they were looking to bounce back, especially after the way they lost at home on senior day uh, in Tucson when uh, ASU brought a little March Madness to the, to the arena early. Arizona upheld their word. They won 87-81. They broke uh, USC's, what is it, 13-14 game home winning streak. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because, I again, I'm in a bad mood. Um, USC is going to host ASU Saturday night. It's their final game of the season. USC fans, get out there. Uh, ASU is coming in. They're going to be angry. They're going to want to ruin USC's senior day. Uh, USC kind of smacked them around at Poly Pavilion earlier in the evening as well. As far as who played well for USC against Arizona, Boogie Ellis has the second half of the season, he flipped the switch. He has taken over this team. Well, he had 35 points and he is playing like a man possessed. Um, I asked Coach Enfield after the game what it is, and he said that essentially Boogie has matured. He's just making great decisions. Um, and when you watch him play, he's he's playing like every repetition is his last. He looks like a legitimate NBA point guard right now. Reese Dixon Waters, uh, he was a second leading scorer. He had 17. Um, he... I think he had a sense he was going to have a good game. He was out there about two and a half hours, almost three hours before tip-off, uh, shooting around, getting looking for his shot. Kobe uh, Kobe Johnson, third on the team, 14 points. Uh, Kobe got his 14 points, and he was playing with foul trouble all game long. So did Boogie. All I'm going to say is I cannot wait to get out of this conference and away from Pac-12 officiating. They are horrible. Um, Drew Peterson, non-factor. He was playing with a stiff back uh, all game. He made a, a three early, and that was pretty much it. And that was the difference in the game. Uh, without USC cannot win with just two guys scoring. And they really needed Drew. He's the glue to the team because he rebounds. And he was just, he was just a non-factor. Um, Everybody was kind of blown by him on defense. He was he was given an effort, but um, he wasn't even able. Andy tried to go with a different second half lineup, but eventually Andy went with what he felt was the best. What really killed USC was in the paint. Uh, Arizona is just too big down low for USC right now. Uh, Omar Ballo and and Tubelis, <laughs> they just own Josh Morgan and, and Vince. Uh, Uachuku right now. They're just too big for those guys. I thought Kajani Wright played well, but oh well. Whatever. USC will be back at Galen Center Saturday night. Get out there because um, 
I got to tell you, it's pretty embarrassing to see other fans from another team owning the arena at the end of the game. I get it. USC fans, you left early when you thought the game was over. But it's only going to get worse next year, or excuse me, when USC joins the big conference. Because think about how many alumni from Michigan live in Southern California. Same with Ohio State. And a lot of those big conference teams. You don't like to live in those states. You move to California. Um, USC fans, stop embarrassing yourself. You actually had a good showing. The student section, fantastic. The Legion line outside, couldn't wait to get in. You did your job. Maybe you're on ESPN, you wanted to look good. Whatever, you did it. Do it again Saturday night. Appreciate the team on senior day. Get out there. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC. I'll be back with another five episodes starting Monday next week. So until then, when you're done with Locked on USC, Locked on USC is your first listen. You know to make Locked on College Basketball your second listen. Then head on over to WeRSC.com because uh, Scott Schrader, he's throwing up some recruiting information. There's going to be, uh, they're expecting some big names out there uh, on Saturday. Maybe that's another reason why they don't want the media around. They're anticipating having a a lot of recruits on campus, and they would just like to keep everybody separated. So, you know what? Good. Get the recruiting game going. So, until the next episode of Locked On in USA, everyone, have a great weekend. Thank you again. It means so much to me that you're here. Tell a friend, and until our next episode.